You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Ready, McManus? I am. So, have you ever heard that saying, luck is opportunity and preparation? No, I've never heard that. Yeah. So, you get an opportunity, but you're prepared for the opportunity, and people call it luck. Oh, okay. I see what you're right? saying. Yes. That's what luck is. It's preparation meeting opportunity. So, the opportunity present, presents itself, you're prepared, and it goes, and oh my God, you're so lucky. Right. But had I not been prepared when I got the biggest loser opportunity, probably wouldn't have been so lucky. Correct. Huh? It's like the people that say, oh, they're an overnight sensation. No, yeah, they've no. been on the road for 10 25 years. years. Yeah. yeah. So, so really, it, it's about when, because life will, you'll always get your foot in the door. The key is keeping your foot in the door. But I wanted to talk a little bit about luck, which, or, you know, which you think of as, serendipity when so much of it is really you think oh he's so lucky or why did she get that opportunity and we kind of get jealous but we really do create our own luck because the opportunities will present themselves if we are a open to them and then we'll be able to turn those into something if we're b prepared for them right right so i just wanted to point out a few things to you of how you can shift your quote luck okay so the first one is your perception of the world you need to change the way you see the world you're always lucky. I want you to look at every situation and see how you're lucky. And here's an example. I think I may have told you this little parable. Is it a parable? One of these stories before. Two guys, they go into business. They're shoe salesmen, right? Okay. So one guy's back in the States and he's responsible for making the shoes. And the new guy is the new business development guy. He goes to Africa. And he writes back to his buddy and he goes, oh my God, nobody wears shoes here. And the buddy writes back, fantastic. Think of all the customers that we'll acquire. Follow me? Yeah. So the first guy's like, oh, my God, nobody wears shoes. We're screwed. And the second guy sees all this unlimited potential right. and opportunity. So there's there's always it's always about your state of mind, being, being able to find the opportunity in every situation. It's how you see the world. So if you're already going into a situation feeling defeated Mm -hmm. I don't have any luck. Ugh, I'm always screwed. Ugh, it always goes against me. It never goes my way. And that's what you're going to see. 
because that's what you're conditioned to see. But if you're conditioned to find the opportunity, you're going to find it. They did a study with people um, who, like the ones that were like, I'm lucky. And then people that were like, oh, my God, I'm never lucky. And (laughs) they were meeting this researcher at a coffee shop, right? And he had left money on the floor. And all the people who said they were lucky all saw the money. And all the people who were like, I'm never lucky, literally did not even see the money on the floor. Oh, that's fascinating. Isn't that wild? So retrain yourself to look at every situation and go, where's the opportunity here? Where is there an opportunity here? Something happened. Oh, God. This one deal. Something happened with this one deal and it fell apart. And I was like, you know what? It's possible that could have, you know, that might not have been a good deal for us. I might not have been able to control that situation. And, you know, it it could have like, okay, so there was another example. So there was a, a, you know, I don't work with drug companies (laughs) and we were approached by a drug company and there was there. They have this new drug that's fighting cancer and helping to supposedly like maintain bone health. And I was like, I don't know about this G and. So I did a little research and everything looked like it checked out and, you know, my grandmother died of cancer and I was like, all right, yeah, this looks safe, you know, but I thought, well, you know, drug companies, I don't know, but I was like, but it's a cancer drug and, you know, okay, maybe. And I was like, maybe, you know, yeah. And then they were like, you know, uh, we shortened the list down from 10 to 4 people and Jillian's not on it. And I was like, you know what? This is a blessing in disguise. How much want to bet something comes out about this drug yeah, yeah, <laughs> down yeah. the road? Yeah. And I was like, that it's got dangerous side effects or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, this is this is God protecting us. I'm telling you, this is not meant to be. There was, <laughs> Especially and I had what, a yeah. little bit of an off feeling about it because I was like, I don't know. There's too much room for something to be wrong here. Mm-hmm. Even though it seems like such a benevolent campaign, like instead of being like, God, I lose every time. I was like, yeah, nah, I got a feeling this was for the best. And so uh, you're always looking to find like, where's the blessing? Where's the silver lining? Mm -hmm. in the cloud all right the next one is 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 really about priming yourself for that opportunity so a lot of times when we have a very closed mind and we think this is the way life's going to go and it has to follow this path so i want to be successful and i want to reach this goal Mm -hmm. but you think there's only one way to get there no, 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 no. I have to i I, i'm going to get there by going to this college or or going to my sister wanted to go to yale had to be yale Yale, 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 Yale. Had to be Yale. Did not get into Yale, which is amazing because she's a really smart kid, but she didn't get into Yale. And I was like, Lauren, there are more than there's more than one way to skin this cat, buddy. Like, I need you to keep an open mind here, and I promise you that what's meant to happen right now, like you've dotted every I, you've crossed every T, you've put your best foot forward, and this is that sort of release the situation and then look for all right where where's the opportunity mm-hmm. so she ended up going to sarah lawrence and the alumni at sarah lawrence is just as strong if not stronger as yale and she's already gotten you know, internships at Condé nast and i i mean like the networking of sarah lawrence is better than yale and she's met like her best friend ever and you know well. she likes new york and so it ended up being a blessing but you know, studies have shown that when people get anxious or they have a very tunnel vision or, or a closed mind, when they're like, no, this is the way it's got to be done, and they get anxious, it gives you tunnel vision. And when you're kind of focused on a potential danger or, like, what could go wrong, when you're always thinking about what could go wrong, you miss all the things that are going right. Mm-hmm. And you could be missing a host of possible opportunities 
while you're so busy focusing on, oh my God, this has gone wrong. That didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. Oh my God, it needs to go like this. And if you're so rigid and you're so locked in to to a thought process or, or a path that you feel you need to follow, you could miss all these great doors that are open yep. right in front of you. Yeah. Uh, the next one, and this is one um, that I, I talk about a lot, and it's it's just about saying yes. We say no all the freaking time. I think they As did an a movie about reflex. this recently, and he had to say yes to everything. I can't remember what it was. It might have been Jim Carrey or Steve Carell, and I, I don't remember seeing right. it, but he, he had to say yes to everything because he was so shut down and so closed off. Now, I'm not asking you to you know jump off of a building or sleep with eight sailors, right. but what I, what I am saying is I remember I took my contestants from season seven surfing. And all of them were like, no, ugh, it's cold. I don't want to wear a wetsuit. I'm going to feel like a beached whale. Ugh, <laughs> you know, bitching and moaning and bitching and moaning. To make a long story short, they loved it. Right. They felt liberated. They felt free. They were, I mean, just over the moon proud of themselves. Some of them were able to stand up. And, I mean, they just loved it. They were out there with all these surfers. <laughs> And you never know where that's going to take you in life. Like maybe one of them will be happy becoming a, a, you know, renting surfboards in Hawaii. Who knows? Yeah. But the idea is that when you say yes to something where you normally think, no, I can't do that. Or no, I won't do that. Or no, I'm uncomfortable doing that. When you say yes instead of no, you're, again, you're opening up a whole set of different opportunities. It's about opportunity. So yes, you got to get the opportunity and then you got to be prepared for the opportunity. But first you got to get the opportunity. Yeah. And if you're anxious or you're shut down or you're locked into one train of thought or you're always saying no, you're never even going to get that opportunity. The opportunity is not going to prevent itself. And then the last thing is to really embrace your failures because there's always an opportunity in them. Always, 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 always. So if you may recall... The story of when I did not get that job on that show called Flab to Fab, had I gotten that job, I would have been under contract with VH1 and I never could have done The Biggest Loser with NBC, which of course is still around and no one's ever heard of Flab to Fab. So in that failure was an opportunity. Wait a minute. Hmm? Hindsight's twenty twenty. There's always an opportunity in the failure. When that ex, when the guy leaves you or the girl leaves you, just wait, your true love's right around the corner. That person wasn't right for you. And I'm the love doctor now, so I know. I know. I gotta admit, this love doctor thing's... Profound. No, I... I it's profound. It is profound. I know. It's kind of scaring me, because I just never visualized you as the love doctor. L-O-V-E, middle name. <laughs> no, wait a minute. Now, no, I know that... Uh, we're going Julian to love Michaels. <laughs> now we're going to find some special music. I know that. But if it does become a show in itself, mm. will you wear like a doctor's, like like a smock? I might do like, more like a Freud kind of thing. <laughs> I'm thinking. You know, like the glasses. No. I'm not going to grow a beard or anything because I don't want to take the hormones. But I'm going to wear like little spectacles. Why would you wear spectacles? I might put on an accent like Dr. Ruth. I think all those love doctors are Austrian. What is she? She's got an accent. Yes, yeah, she's Dr. Uh, Ruth. Is Dr. Ruth? Who's Dr. What is she? 
Dr. Can Ruth is... Uh, what Dr. Ruth is? Dr. Ruth I'm is... I'm going to find out right now. Dr. Ruth. Either German or Austrian. Yeah. She's German or Austrian. And that Freud guy was the same thing. <laughs> I should call my mom. I wonder if I can get my mom on the Freud phone. Freud guy wasn't... He was... Um, Freud? He was Freud. He was Freudian. Freudian? A Freudian slip. Dr. Ruth. <laughs> Freudian. Ethnicity. Freudian. Uh, Dr. Ruth. Here we go. Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Uh, known for her German accent and frankness. Germany. Yeah. Uh-huh. So wait a minute. What? Where were we? You wanted to... Hang on. You want to wear spectacles. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, why would you want to look more studious? I don't think I can reach my mom, but I'll try. No, no, no. You, you wanna, said I'm going to wear a lab coat. I said I'm going to... I said I don't feel like that's the vibe. Yeah, but is the vibe to look like a... a, a no, you're like a head shrinker. The love doctor. No, you want to wear something loose. You want to wear something hippie-ish, like a gown no, or something. No, that's a sex therapist. Oh. I wish my mom would answer the phone. You know, see? Hi, this is Joanne. Oh. Send me a message, and I'll get back to, to you, you as soon as I can. Watch. Thank this, you. Oh, she usually just says, thanks for calling. Please record your message. Oh, man. When you have finished hang on. recording, you no, may hang up. How come she doesn't say it's mom? Because it's her cell phone. Oh. She can't just say it's mom. Other people call. Hey, mom, can you call me back? I have two questions. Number one, what ethnicity was Freud? Was he German? And number two, I've taken on a new role <laughs> as a relationship therapist with the name The Love Doctor. And we're talking about like a whole new persona and sort of like energy and I'm thinking spectacles and maybe a different hairstyle. Can you call me back? Bye. My mom knows these things. She's a PhD. Yeah. You know when her mom gets her voicemail, she's always frightened. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm going to have to really rethink this. It depends if the show is going uh, in front of people or just on the radio. Hmm. I don't know yet. If it's just on the radio, you don't need to dress up. If it's out there in front of the people. I do like to be in character, though. No, that's true. Because you do change the whole way you sit when you become the love doctor. That's right. I've noticed that. Every time we've done it, I you sit change up tall. The, that's right. You sit, and you sit Posture. more square in your chair. Yep. More very official. Serious. Yes, I take this very seriously. The All right. Doctor. All right. Well, we need to we need to take a break. Okay. You know what we haven't talked about in a while, McManus? What? The way that hormones affect our metabolism. How we burn fat and our biochemistry, how many calories we're burning a day. We haven't, I don't feel like we've done a segment on that in a while. And I think we should, just, yeah. we should bring it back home. Okay. So, as I've said many times, and in the event that you read Master Your Metabolism, your metabolism is your biochemistry. One of the things that your metabolism does is dictate how many calories your body is burning, how much muscle you're able to build and maintain, how much fat you store or burn, metabolism. So when you think of what is metabolism, of course, it's your biochemistry and that delicate balance of hormones. And there are certain hormones that play a key role in 
your hunger, your satiety, your fat burning ability, your muscle maintenance. And I thought we would just go over a few tips to decrease fat storage hormones and increase fat burning hormones. I didn't, you know what? I didn't know that. I didn't even know we could control those hormones. Of course. I didn't know. Janice, where have you been? I thought hormones were in us. My hormones. Yes, but you synthesize hormones and certain things are going to create more of one hormone and less of another. What are you talking about? Yeah. If I'm a juicer, if I'm a juicer. Insulin, for example. If you eat a ton of white flour and white sugar, your insulin levels are going to go through the roof. Because what does insulin do? It removes sugar from the blood. So if you eat a ton of crap... That's going to spike the hell out of your blood sugar. Your pancreas is going to go into overdrive, dumping insulin into the bloodstream. Come on, buddy. Anyway, speaking of insulin, yes. one of the things that you don't want is a constant surge of insulin in your body. You don't want to be having these massive insulin spikes. Insulin, of course, one of its jobs is to remove sugar or glucose from the bloodstream. And when it does that, it gets stored. And when it gets stored and not used, it turns into be fat. Excess calories always get stored as fat. Okay, So we want to keep those insulin levels stable. And one of the ways you do that is by switching the quality of your carbs. This is where we talk about a more complex carb versus a more simple carb. So whole grain versions of your the breads, mm-hmm. the, the pastas, the cereals. It's oatmeal, not Fruit Loops. It's brown rice, not white rice. It's quinoa instead of white rice. Things like black beans, things with fiber in them, things with nutrients. It's vegetables instead of, you know, it's a piece of fruit, not juice. Right. So avoid the white flour and the white sugar as often as possible and switch those carbs out for whole grain versions or more complex versions that have more phytonutrients and more fiber. And you're going to stabilize how quickly your food gets converted to blood sugar and subsequently how much insulin is being dumped into your system. Remember, insulin, fat-storing hormone. Okay. So the next one is cortisol. Now, this is a hormone that studies have shown has been related and linked to the storage of abdominal fat. It's a stress hormone, which means your adrenal glands release it when you're stressed out. And it's the fight-or-flight hormone, okay? And this, this hormone has also been known to leave us craving sugar and carbohydrates. So... Uh, what we want to do to decrease our cortisol levels, A, sleep more, mm-hmm. B, do anything and everything you can to decrease your stress. Take your vacations. Make sure you take your lunch hour. Meditate. Practice your deep breathing. Work out. Work at, working out lowers stress, of course, unless you're overtraining, which can release cortisol. But if you're exercising normally, you know, max like five hours a week, that's going to help you decrease your stress levels. Consequently, serotonin... On the other hand, which is your sort of happy hormone, has the opposite effect. It calms you down, helps to drive down those stress hormones. It's a natural appetite suppressant. And one of the ways to get your body to release more serotonin is to load up on folate-rich foods like lentils, asparagus, spinach, and B vitamins also help you make serotonin. Okay. Yeah. So we want more of those good foods, more serotonin in the body. Next one is a hormone called irisin. I know I might not be pronouncing this one right. It's I-R-I-S-I-N. And basically what irisin does, it's produced by our muscle tissue and it's released during exercise. It helps to not only reduce insulin resistance, uh, but it helps us to create more brown fat versus white fat. So brown fat burns more calories than white fat. So we have these different kinds of fat in the body. So brown fat is considered good white fat is considered bad so one of the ways to ramp up your irisin levels 
exercise, obviously. So there was a study in the in a, a journal called Nature. And they looked at people who did 10 weeks of stationary bike training for five, four to five, 20 to 35 minute sessions a week. And their levels of irisin doubled just from the exercise. Wow. So this means it makes your, mm-hmm. makes your uh, more brown fat and that brown fat burns more calories. It's the healthier fat. That's a good thing. Uh, another thing which is kind of random uh, is that they did another study with people that spent time in colder temperatures and supposedly lower lower temperatures make the white fat that you do have act more like brown fat. So they say that you should spend two hours a day in a room that's 64 degrees or lower. I'd be miserable. I don't know. I've always read, actually, that you should let your body regulate temperature. So if it's hot, allow it to cool itself. If it's cool, allow it to heat itself. And that actually burns more calories. But... But does I wonder if something that affects- new, this is the thing you're going to read something new every day so you kind of have to apply it but I don't want to be cold all the time but people who live in cold climates I wonder if there's a study that's done that that they're healthier than people oh no because they're constantly there trying is to keep something warm. called the blue zones and it's a, a guy who works for National Geographic and he basically goes around the world and he studies these areas where centurions live people who they have the highest percentage of people that are 100 years old yeah yeah, yeah. And he looks at all the different factors and a lot of it is like beach communities. Really? Low stress. Yeah, very Mediterranean oh, so type diets. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, anyway, but it didn't, I don't remember anything about temperature, but okay. it wasn't specifically about body fat. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah, there you go, McManus. Um, I have one quick question for you. Oh, oh I forgot some tips off of there. Oh, okay. Let oh, me know. Okay. Wait, you want your question? Go one ahead. Quick, quick, because it has to do with number one. You talked about the gra- like the the whole grains and things. Mm. There's a lot of labels out now calling them ancient grains. Does that mean anything, or is it just no, a way to sell the product? It needs to. St- ancient grains generally will refer to something like bulgur and quinoa, but unless it says whole grain, it okay. doesn't matter. So ancient grain it is need, just. It could still be enriched and stripped of fiber, fiber and nutrients. Okay. Whole grain is what you're looking okay, for. Gotcha. Um, and then I forgot. So a couple of just uh, tips on this subject. So there was a study that was just published in the Journal of Women's Health who found that using injectable birth control was more likely to make women gain weight over a six-month period versus the pills. Okay. I don't like birth control at all, but if you're looking at one versus the other, um, I don't like it for your health. Sorry, I'd rather you use a condom, but that's just because I know what those hormones do to your body Mm -hmm. long-term. Okay, next one. Um, Remember... When it comes to your cosmetics, your shampoos, your household cleaners and all of that, look for phthalate-free on the label because phthalates have been linked to obesity. How do you spell phthalate? P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E. Okay. Phthalates. Um, I've talked a lot about this, too, in every book about chemical-free, chemical-free, chemical-free. Mm-hmm. Remember that your skin is transdermal. So what you put on it is going to absorb into your body. You may as well be eating it. Uh, okay, another one. We've talked about canned foods a lot, bisphenol A or BPA. You, if you're going to go with canned foods, look for ones that are BPA-free. And this is because BPA mimics estrogen in the body and throws off your biochemistry. So it's not only linked to cancer, but of obesity as well. And remember, with the nonstick cookware, if you overheat that stuff to a certain temperature... All those perofluoro something acids, I can't remember the name, it's PFOA, really dangerous, especially for pregnant women. So iron. I was just going to ask you, iron, and then there's, iron another, there's a new yeah. surface. Yeah, titanium. It's expensive as heck, but yeah, titanium is is, uh, is also really good for, for uh, cookware. Iron and a titanium. Mm-hmm. A yeah. non-stick. Okay. Stainless is okay, but titanium and iron are better than the sort of the perofluoro 
acid blah PFO PFOA. Basically, the nonstick yep. with the coating and stuff. When it gets overheated and it scrapes, it's dangerous. Remember the old aluminum pots? Remember uh, before they figured out that how bad it was? Yep. I grew up with aluminum pots. My mom it still says has a lot, them. buddy. Says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. They're still in the cupboard. I got. I. My mom had them. Her whole. I mean, because they last. They're like the Twinkie. That aluminum pot, you can still make soup in probably 80 years from now. Well, Maybe I'll give them to the science, to the Smithsonian, my mom's old pots. You do that. Okay. Was it, Are you finished? I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, I'm done. Okay. <clears throat> Moving swiftly onward. Moving swiftly onward. You've seen her as the star of NBC's hit show, The Biggest Loser. Now is your chance to see her live. Jillian Michaels, Maximize Your Life Tour. It's time for you to ask, why not me? Why not me to be healthy? Why not me to be happy? Your health is the platform that your entire life is built upon. And when your health is solid, every aspect of your life will flourish. Join me as we motivate each other and maximize our lives. Visit JillianMichaels.com for details. Okay, uh, we are back, and Pam has pulled over and is now ready to chat to you. Good. Pam, <laughs> what's going on, buddy? Hi there. Uh, well, I am just getting back into working out after a couple of years' hiatus, and I'm trying to determine on my cardio if I should be more concerned with my endurance or my intensity level. Okay. Uh, I think if I have endurance, my intensity will eventually come. Uh Okay. Um, to be honest, I'd rather see you work on your intensity level. Okay. And so when you say endurance, I have this image of you walking for an hour at like a two incline at a three O. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. New. So <laughs> I, I, I would much rather see you spending 30 minutes. And I don't want you to push yourself in a way where you get injured. I'm not asking you to sprint at 10 miles an hour like a gazelle running from a lion. But <laughs> what, what I would love to see is you putting the incline at 5 and walking at a 3.5 for 30 minutes or saying, okay, I can't manage that for longer than a minute, but maybe it's maybe you're on the treadmill and you go, okay, I'm going to jog at a 5.0 for a minute and then I'm going to walk for a minute, and then I'm going to jog for a minute, and then I'm going to walk for a minute. So the, the reality is that the more you push yourself, not only, not only are you going to work harder, burn more calories while you're doing it because of that, and more calories after you do, which means you're going to get results faster, but your endurance will subsequently get better from that because you're forcing your body to adapt to a higher intensity. So okay. I would rather see you... Do more intensity and push yourself and get that heart rate up. And then if you need to work those intervals in, instead of saying, well, I'm on the treadmill for an hour and I'm walking comfortably. I don't want you to be comfortable. I don't want you to be in pain, but I do want you to be uncomfortable. Okay. Okay, bud? Okay. I will work on that. Thanks for calling. All right, thanks. Thanks, Pam. Bye. Pam was easy. Pam, Pam's did nothing about my mom didn't love me the right way. Pam just wanted to know. Pam just wanted an answer. 
I like how you said that was interesting. Sorry, I, I, the chicken is now sitting right here. Yeah, we could hear it. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, my, <laughs> my apology. It's just when sometimes when Jillian's talking to someone, yeah. I take the time and I shove food in my mouth. Yeah. And it kind of caught me when Pam was done. But yes. you said something interesting about feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Yes, I did. And that's very telling. Yeah. I don't want you to be in pain, but I yeah. want you to be uncomfortable. Comfortable. Uncomfortable. When you when you're pushing in that uncomfortable space, that's when you're making progress. But when you're in like real pain, that's when you run the risk of getting injured. Right. To know that difference. Yep. Okay. Well, then now that Pam is is uh, didn't have to deal that with her easy. mom or anything like that. No, you're right. Then we have time for an, uh, one more call. So we'll right. be right back. Okay. We get one more call. Good. All right, we're back, and Sarah would like to have a chat with you. Hey, Sarah, what's going on? Hey, Jillian, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing awesome. So great to get to talk to you. Thank you. Hey, well, basically, I have a predicament. Um, Okay. I love to work out. Um, Ever since I came back from overseas, um, CrossFit has been kind of like my mode of working out, along with trying to combine it with what I use with you guys, um, like Revolution, um, you know, things like that. But when you say overseas, were you in, you in the military? Yes, I actually got to see you and meet you when you were doing your USO tour. You're kidding me! No. I love that. Oh man, that's so cool. Yeah, well, it was it's, awesome. It's great to talk to you again, and I'm really glad that you're home safe. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, it was a it was an experience. Uh, yeah, sure. buddy. I've never I've never I got to tell you. I mean, for anybody listening at home, it's like. 140 degrees. The sky is brown, literally, from all the dirt and all the dust. And you guys are wearing like eight layers of clothing, boots, (laughs) hats, jackets, pants. I mean, we were passing out from like heat stroke. Everybody was dehydrated. I mean, you guys work like around the clock. I don't know how yep. you do it. You you are the true definition of a hero, well, I have to well, say. Well, thank you. Yeah, it, it's hard, but, you know, there's always an end in sight. So right. basically yeah. I was a gym rat. That's how I got my days going through. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how I work. But basically, yeah, I come home and I, tr- I want to try and keep that going. And basically the way I, I try and do it so I don't hinder during the day with the family um, is that I try and get my workout done before everybody gets up in the morning. Okay. And um, I was doing CrossFit when I came back uh, three days a week, five days a week. Uh, husband was like, oh, you know, that's way too much because, you know, things are kind of slacking around the house. What? And you're tired, you know, early in the evening. And I'm like, but, okay. So if I do three times a week, he's fine with that. Okay. So we're now we're, <sighs> you know, I'm about a year back now. And so I was like, you know, I'm thinking about you doing five days a week again. He's like, but... How is that going to work out? How can you be selfish to the fact that if you're going to get up early and go work out, how come you can't get up early on days that you don't work out and work around the house? What? Yeah, so I'm kind of like, I was kind of flabbergasted that, that he, you know, it's one of those. I'm not quite sure if this is a love doctor segment or what <laughs> this is. All right, um, uh, all right, here's, you know what this sounds like? Um, sounds like your husband is a poor communicator. Mm-hmm. And he has built up some resentment. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you were way overseas. Yes. Uh, you know, and then you've come home, and 
Uh, it's like you you're focused on your <laughs> you're focused on excuse me you're focused on your fitness. Mm-hmm. You have kids. Yes, we have a six year old. Okay, so you've got a six year old as well. So it's like you know you're you're taking care of yourself. You're taking care of the six year old. Quick question: Is your husband fit? No. Okay, so we've got two things that I think are going on here. One, he's obviously threatened by this. Right. Because he's not a part of it, and he doesn't understand it, and he's probably afraid that you're going to outgrow him or leave him or, you know what I mean? Right. He's It's like a world. And I, I know a lot of people that are in CrossFit. Well, I know Bob, who's in yeah. CrossFit, and he's, like, very much kind of drank the Kool-Aid. It's like his yeah. his whole world, and he, he just loves it. Um, And it's... It's actually, it had caused some issues in his relationship because mm-hmm. it's like it, it, the person he was seeing felt like almost as though he was cheating, like with CrossFit. You know what, you know what I mean? Yeah. I know so, exactly what so, you mean, yes. So what I think it could be happening, um, and again, there's no way to know unless we talk to him. Right. Um, but I think he's threatened because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think or wonder, and this is something that a lot of men go through. Right. And it's something that I admit to having experienced in my home as well. And uh, your, so your husband works. Does he, he work actually, a lot? He works from home. And so he gets up with me and he works out of the office. And so it's like almost he gets OCD to the point where he'll see something that's wrong in the house, like the dishes aren't done, and he'll completely focus on that all day. And then he's like, well, I've been sitting here looking at the dishes all day. And, mm-hmm. you know, but okay. at the same time, in the same breath, he's like, I, I support you in your fitness goals. You know, and I, we're working on getting the, the, we just moved to a new house. So we're trying to get a gym into the garage. So, you know, get mm-hmm. some CrossFit equipment out there. And he said he'd be more than willing to work out there since we can't both exactly go to CrossFit with the kids. All right. This, the, here's, here's what we're going to do. So what, what it sounds like to me <laughs> is you have a husband that's feeling neglected. I'm not saying he yeah. is neglected at all. Right. I am not saying that's you. <laughs> but, like, I, <laughs> I literally have had fights with Heidi. Mm-hmm. where I do the same thing, right? I'll come home and I'll be like, this place is a mess. Yeah. What do you guys do all day long? And it's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I do the same. It's like, I'm, you know, and I'm thinking, because I'm, I'm the man. It's the weirdest thing, but it's like, if we have this sort of traditional relationship, well, I'm the breadwinner. Right. And yeah. then let me tell you, when, when the roles switch and I'm the one, like, taking care of the kids, I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> this is yeah. exhausting. <laughs> but, you know, what, it, what it's about really is a lack of attention. And I I start getting bitchy about the house and it being messy and, you know, when I'm feeling like I'm not getting enough attention. And, you know, it's like... Okay, you know, you, you you have enough time for your sister because this her her sister is our nanny. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you spend all day with your Heather, and you know, you're with the kids. They get all your attention, and you know, it, it, in the house. And I work all the time, and where's my attention? It's a very Aww. man thing. I'm telling you. Yeah. And and here's here's the and my hair my hair person because I I had to tape uh, something a little earlier before the podcast today, and her husband was bitching about the same stuff. You know the. Why don't you do anything for me? And blah, blah, blah. What about me? And I do all this for you. And and I, I think that this is a very male mentality. But men are such babies, and yeah. I include myself in this, <laughs> that we don't know how to ask for what we need or what we want, and we don't like to feel vulnerable. Uh-huh. So he's obviously feeling like he's the least on your priority, and he's probably feeling intimidated by how fit you are and how much you work out and how much you love this CrossFit group. Right. So two things. Number one. I would go to him and I would say, I would invite him to go with you. And I would wonder if you guys might not be able to go when your son is in school. 
Yeah, well, basically we would have to go when she's out of school, and that way she can come with us. They mm. always have daycare at the CrossFit, except for the mornings that I go because it's so early. But they do start at around 9 or 10 or something like that. But they have it for every other class. I would look and see if you guys can do that on, like, an in, in early evening and then go to a family dinner. Yeah. Or maybe oh, yeah. on a weekend day. So see if you can in, involve him a little bit. Okay. Then I would have a conversation, and I would say, honey, again, I want you to, I want to be really clear with you. I am not by any means saying you've done something wrong here. Right. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is create a solution for you mm-hmm. um, that I think may work. So the other thing I might try is to say, hey, honey, I love you. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm getting over this cough. Forgive oh, me no for worries. coughing in your ear. <laughs> I love you. Our relationship is important. Validate, 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 mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, I get the dishes, but d- things do get done around here. We're not living in a garbage dump. Yep. So I, I feel as though this is not really about the dishes. And I'm wondering if on some level, you know, you say that I'm selfish. That's that's kind of a strong sentiment. And it, it makes me feel like what you're saying is I'm being selfish to your needs. What are your needs? And I, I just have a hard time believing it's really about the dishes. Yep. Like, what do you need from me? And, and like, you know, and Heidi said that to me because she was like, I feel like you take care of everything. And when I take care of it, it's never good enough. So I just don't take care of it. If I order food, I made the wrong choice. If I pick this restaurant, you wanted that restaurant. And I, you know, and I never, it's like, she, and it, she, and it made her feel, she's like, it makes me feel bad. Like I can never do anything right for you. And you always do it best for yourself. And you, know, so Definitely. And that was my fault. And I had to say, and I was like, well. You know, you never scratch my head anymore. I was just stupidest <laughs> stuff, dude. It's the stupidest stuff. But it's like, you know, after we had kids, like, I don't get my head scratches during TV shows anymore. And it's yep. like, you know, it's, it's, it is not easy to come out and say because you don't want to look vulnerable and you don't want to feel needy. And mm-hmm. the thing is, that's funny that you bring that up. My husband just said that the other day, too. He's like, I get, where's my head rubbed? There you go. <laughs> you know? I'm telling you, that's what he's going through. He misses his wife. I, I, and he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to say that. He doesn't even really know what's going on, but he's feeling intimidated and he's feeling less important than everything else in your life. And so he's acting out in this way, in this very passive aggressive way about the dishes and calling you selfish. So you've got to validate him, try to incorporate him, make him communicate what he needs to you so you can meet those needs. You're not a mind reader. He needs to man up and take responsibility for his side of the street. And if his asks are unfair or unreasonable, that needs to be talked through. Because you should be able to go to CrossFit five days a week, honey. Yeah, I think so. I don't really see that as being no. you know, unreasonable. No, at it's it's about what he feels. He's not he's not getting the head rub seats. The head <laughs> it's the head rub. head rub. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, beyond all the other stuff, it's the head rub is big. I think so. Yeah, yeah sir. Yeah. You do that maybe a couple times a week. You're at CrossFit seven days a week. That's what I'm saying. Not a couple. She's got to do it at least at least three. <laughs> yeah, I am just a couple is not enough. Like. Two is good, but but three to four is better. And then maybe a nightly for five minutes, then you're seven days a week. There you go. Maybe even double sessions. It's going to be gradual increase. (laughs) That's great. Well, thank you so much for taking my question. My pleasure, buddy. I hope it helps. Let us know how it goes. Will do. Thank you so much, Jillian. Okay. Bye, sir. Bye. Bye -bye. Yeah, dude, men. I understand men like I never have before. I'll tell you. 
I really do because I am it's like it's very odd but I am the traditional male role in this family Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because Heidi's at home with the kids and I'm the one that goes out in the world and is the breadwinner but like you feel like your kids have devoured your partner right because they have quite honestly they need their she's their mommy yeah you know and they need me but in a different way like I'm fun and I'm (laughs) you know I'm the fun one I'm you know, I'm also the disciplinarian. I'm the one that's like, no, listen to your mother. If she says no, <laughs> no means no. And my daughter's got enough English now to become a master negotiator. So it's like, you know, I'm the one that's like constantly sort of the reality break in everybody's world. God, but uh, it's just, you know, Lou, Lou will negotiate. Oh, my God. Five minutes. I'm thirsty. I need water. I, you know, I sleep down here. You know, it's hysterical, mm. but it's. I sleep down uh, here. Yeah, oh my God. But you, you start to feel like you're kind of on your own. Like there's right. this whole family unit and you're like out there trying to support this family unit. You don't feel. But you don't feel like yeah. you're, because, you know, your partner is trying to take care of the kids and take care of the house and coordinate all this stuff. And you come last. And then yesterday it was so ironic because Heidi was like, I feel like I've been neglected. And she she had been because I've been working like, I mean, a Crazy. dog. And then, of course, the minute I get home, what's the first thing I do? I kiss the kids, play with the kids, bathe the kids, wash the kids, read to the kids, play with the kids some more, change the kids, get them ready for bed, put them to bed. And that whole day has gone by, you know, and you guys have hardly said hello, you've to, hardly each said hello to each other. It's a real challenge in relationships, man. And it's something that couples need to really work on recognizing, acknowledging what they're playing, the part they're playing in it Mm -hmm. and what their needs are. So it's like, how am I neglecting you? And then how am I feeling neglected? So I communicate my needs and I acknowledge yours. It's tough. That's why men cheat. I'm telling you, especially after their wife has a baby. It's like textbook. I know. And you think they're like the world's biggest a-holes. I used to think, and you start to see why they're like, well, it's her and the baby, they're like in this merged state, and I don't exist anymore. And then the, you know, the it's like the men start sleeping in the other room, and the whole thing, it's bad. You, you got to really work on it. Got to work on it. You got to start scrubbing the head. Scratch, scratching. Scra- oh, scratch the head. Sorry. Scrubbing the head's like a, like lice kind of a thing. <laughs> it's more just like head scratches. Scratches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let that go out of your relationship. Head scratches. Head scratches. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think you. Uh, you know what? <laughs> you get the hell out of here and go home and get I gotta little, go. Get a little head scratch. Goodbye. <laughs>
like listening to comedy, try watching it on the internet. The folks behind the Sideshow Network have launched a new YouTube channel called Wait For It. It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger, I've been friends with her for 10 years, one of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny. And I love you.